0: Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Rachel Lyon to explore the latest in global cybersecurity news, trending topics, and industry transformation initiatives impacting
1: governments, enterprises, and our way of life. Now, let's get To The Point. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of To The Point Podcast. I'm Rachel Lyon, here with my co-host... Eric Trexler, Eric, how are you today? Good
0: afternoon, Rachel. I'm well. (laughs) I'm a little sad, but I'm well. How about yourself?
1: Uh, the same. I I would like to say that I'm I'm in the same camp uh, as you today. So, uh, but but you're going to to Tahiti.
0: (laughs) You're going to the South Pacific at the end of the week, so you should have reason to be a little bit happier.
1: Yes, I will be happier once we get to Thursday for sure. But you know how it is—trying to go out of town for a couple weeks. It's a lot to do to get ready for work. Yeah, Hand just ups, go. You know, yeah. <laughs> just, just quiet, quit, go. and go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but before
0: you leave, we have a critically important topic, which I will admit- oh,
1: i so excited. I
0: do not, I've not put enough cycles into it. I don't understand it well enough. And I think it has very large and overreaching societal concerns yes. that we need yes. to talk about. Yes. And we have an amazing guest today.
1: You want to yes. do the intro? I do. Please welcome to the podcast, Eva Galperin. She is Director of Cybersecurity for the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Eva, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So I don't even know where to start. I mean, you've, I, doing our research, and I just seen all the the incredible work that you've been doing for so many years and your TED Talk, and you co-founded Coalition Against Stalkerware. I mean, how did you even get on this path Originally, yeah, I mean, to, I mean, what you're doing is like groundbreaking, but also, you know, huge implications for the future of of how we live. I mean, that's that's a heady thing to to get into and lead.
0: <laughs> and what is stalkerware? Because I think a bunch of listeners have no idea; they've never heard the term yeah. stalkerware.
2: All right. Well, let's go ahead and start by talking about uh, what stalkerware is, and then we can get into how I got like this. Uh, I feel I feel like why are you like this is a less important question than what is stalkerware. <laughs> So uh, stalkerware is the entire class of applications that are commercially available uh, that are designed to be covertly installed on somebody else's device and that exfiltrate data from that device to the person who bought uh, the application. Uh, The way that it usually works is that somebody will, uh, you know, Grab the the device because often they have physical access to the device. Sometimes they even have uh, you know the password to the device because often they're trying to spy on somebody that they are related to, that they are close to, or that they live with, um, and they download the uh, the app onto a person's device. The app then hides on that device, and the person who bought the stalkerware then pays for a subscription uh, and logs into a portal which gives them access to the information that has been exfiltrated from that device. And that kind of information can include uh, location data. uh, If it's like a phone or a tablet, uh, it can include keystrokes, it can collect passwords, uh, record phone calls, uh, get you photos, all of the information from uh, somebody's social media accounts. Essentially, uh, if they are, are using the device for something, there is a chance that uh, stalkerware can be used to exfiltrate that data, which makes it uh, incredibly abusive uh, and also very scary and powerful. Um, a lot of our advice to people around privacy and security online focuses on um, on securing their accounts, on making sure that your social media accounts are secure and your email account is secure and that, you know, your login to your devices is secure. Um, but uh, if you have stalkerware installed on your device, then... All of that, uh, all of that security is for nothing, um, because. In the end, you need to decrypt or look at the contents of uh, of whatever it is that you're doing um, on your device. And so if somebody has compromised your device itself, uh, it can be incredibly powerful uh, as a way of circumventing um, all kinds of security and encryption measures that are taken by various platforms and applications.
0: Rachel, I'm looking at your face. Say something.
2: (laughs)
1: how is this legal? <laughs> <I> just, <laughs>
0: That's a good one. Okay. Good
2: Ascription. question. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Ah. Um, there are a, uh, the question of how is this legal is actually a little bit more complicated than, right. you know, hey, it's totally illegal. Um, because it depends on uh, how the app is uh what kind of information the app is, uh, is exfiltrating. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, the law around uh, recording people's conversations is very different around, than the right. law uh, around tracking people's uh, keystrokes uh, or their location. Your location data is actually not very strongly protected by the law, right. uh, whereas the contents of your communications are often very strongly protected um, by the law. Uh, and, uh, also there is a big difference between, you know, something which is illegal to write versus something which is illegal to sell versus something right. which is illegal to buy versus something which is illegal to use for illegal purposes. Right. Right. Uh, so the, the question of how is this, uh, legal is actually very complicated. Uh, and then to make things even more complicated, there are jurisdictional uh, questions. Wow. For example, what state are you located in? What state right. is the person that is being spied on located in? Where is uh, where are the the makers of the app based? Mm-hmm. Um, and all of these places often have uh, different and sometimes even contradictory laws uh, around um, whether or not you can do this sort of thing. Uh, but interestingly enough, in Australia. A uh, young man was uh, just uh, arrested and is being prosecuted for having written a stalkerware app and for having spent uh, years selling it. He racked up something like three or four hundred thousand dollars mm-hmm. uh, in uh, in payments from having created an app that you can use to spy on uh, on people's computers. And he specifically marketed it as a way to uh, spy on uh, on people that with whom you are in a relationship uh, he was very specifically saying like go go spy on your on your ex go spy on your girlfriend, go spy on your wow. boyfriend your husband your wife find out if they're cheating or whatever um, and uh, he he is currently being prosecuted so there there are definitely consequences for this kind of behavior um, but they don't happen very quickly and they don't happen mm. often enough yeah, so
0: Eva, Many times when I hear stalkerware, my mind immediately goes to like Pegasus with an NSO group and the like. But that to me is like an extreme nation state level component. But what you're talking about is really common software or a service almost that can be bought and used right over the internet for pretty much anybody, governments, jealous boyfriends, whatever it may be, right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the the notion that this kind of uh, capability is available only to law enforcement and nation state actors uh, is uh, is simply incorrect. Mm. Uh, the the reason why Pegasus gets so much uh, so much play in the security industry is because they make use of uh, of zero click vulnerabilities, which allow them to install. Uh, their their software on a target's phone without the target doing anything. Um, stalkerware, commercially available stalkerware, very rarely uh, takes advantage of uh, of these kinds of existing vulnerabilities because they're extremely expensive, uh, and uh, usually the people who are making this kind of stalkerware uh, simply can't afford them. Uh, usually the way that, that uh, these apps are installed on someone's device is that the attacker has physical access to the device. Mm. They unlock the device and they download the, uh, the files directly onto the device, uh, which is a level of access that Pegasus absolutely does not require. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: So let me give you an example or see if I understand this. Rachel and I are in a relationship. She has access to my phone. She downloads something to my phone so that she can track my communications, my, my banking, my, anything really that happens through my phone, my laptop or any electronic device I have without me knowing about it. And then obviously she can do what she does with that information. It's almost the inverse of what I want for my son's phone, which honestly I'm really struggling with, right? I mean, he, he changes his account every 15 minutes when I turn Apple, find my iPhone and, and and tracking software on for him. I mean, there are some really significant consequences to this. Do you have any examples of, of where people have been harmed or, or – you know, it's, it's impacted people's lives?
2: Yes. Uh, it's actually, there, there are many cases in which, uh, stalking via, uh, via these apps, which is why we call them stalkerware, uh, is, a sort of prelude to, uh, to other forms of abuse, including physical abuse up to and including murder. So, uh, that's, that's how that happens. Wow. That's,
1: that's so scary. And it's I, I don't feel like people are really talking about this at all, Eva. I mean, it's I agreed a, at all. And it's, you know, it, we, we already know that there are challenges with, you know, kind of from a, domestic abuse, things like that. And, you know, trying to get a, away from that. But this just adds a whole other layer of complexity, um, you know, and trying to get away from people who are, you know, trying to, to do harm or other Uh, Why why aren't more people talking about this? I mean, it's it's crazy. People do
2: talk about this. They just look at it rather differently. Okay. Uh, the first is that uh, often this kind of software is sold as a way of monitoring your your kids. Sure. Uh, You know, monitor your your unruly teenager, keep them from sneaking out of the house at night. Um right. now having said that there are entire classes of software that exist that will tell you you know right. when you know will will send you the messages that your your kid is sending or will report the location of uh, of your child's phone at all times um the difference between this sort of kidware and stalkerware is that stalkerware is designed to spot uh, is designed okay. to to hide on your phone uh, it's designed to leave people with the impression that they are not being spied on. It's designed to lie to them. Um, Kidware, on the other hand, is uh, much more straightforward, the sort of you know family tracking. You know that you have Life360 installed on your phone. You know what it does. You know when it does it. It sends you regular reminders that Life360 is there. Uh, and... That is different. Uh, in some ways, it can also enable abuse and it can also not be great, um, but it is not de facto abusive. And right, if right. you are if you are spying on your partner without you know, specifically uh, in this way designed to make them think that they are not being spied on, that is in and of itself abusive. The other way in which people frequently talk about this is essentially that it is somehow okay to track your partner uh, or your ex or your spouse if you think that they are cheating on you.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: this is something that I see really often. People come to me and, and they say, "You know, I uh, my my partner is is cheating on me, or my partner is abusive, or my partner is doing something bad. And what I really need to do is I need to get the proof that they right. that they are doing the bad thing. And so I need to install this software on uh, on their uh, on their phone or on their computer mm. or on their tablet uh, in in order to get proof. Um, okay. Now this is actually not useful proof in a court of law <laughs> because oh in order to get this proof, you have to break the law yourself. <laughs> uh, furthermore, it is, you know, morally and ethically not great um, because essentially you are trying to prove a, a, abuse by becoming an abuser yourself, uh, which is something that I very strongly discourage. Um, but yeah, a lot of people simply, simply think that uh, the Suspicion that their partner is cheating on them justifies this and that, uh, that spying on a partner that you think is cheating on you is not in fact abuse and, uh, they're just dead wrong. Right. Wow. Like if you think your partner is cheating on you, leave them, just leave them.
0: You don't need proof. Such a practical answer. I mean, Rachel, did Mm -hmm. you ever have an ex-boyfriend or somebody who was like spying on you, going through your stuff, following you, tracking you? Maybe not with spyware, but
1: I mean, a long time ago. Yeah, when we broke up, he didn't want to. He he kept unbreaking up with me. Didn't and so he didn't want to break up. He followed me everywhere. Yeah, exactly. How'd you like, How'd yeah. you feel? I was horrible. It was it was scary. Broke down my door. I mean, it was a whole thing. It was stole my dog. It was like a country song. It was terrible.
0: <laughs> and that was that was before spyware and the ability to yes. read your every. Every, exactly. maybe not thought, but action and see what I mean, I think, yeah. think about that from that perspective.
1: I shudder to think. Yeah, that would have been horrifying.
2: Yeah. I'm so sorry this happened to you. I very frequently talk to people who have stories like this. Almost, almost everyone I know uh, has a story of a bad breakup uh, in which something like this happened. And I just want to emphasize that this is not just uh, something that happens to women. I I also hear from uh, from men who get spied on and who yes. get followed and who get threatened. And I don't want to sort of turn this into a, no. a women's only problem. Uh, this all. can happen to anyone and it's abusive no matter who it's happening to. Exactly. It's it's, it's
0: an outright invasion of your privacy. Exactly. I mean, regardless yes. of gender or anything else.
1: Yeah, it doesn't okay. discriminate yeah. at all.
0: Yeah. Right. yeah. And I mean, when we turn don't this don't into care. a
2: gendered problem, we... Uh, we silence meant exactly uh, who yeah. who don't feel comfortable coming forward and i i think that is also a, a terrible shame absolutely
0: so this this you know my mind is going now to the recent supreme court dobbs um what do we what do we call it proclamation a uh, change in direction Ruling. Annou- you know ver- mm-hmm. yeah thank you um and and it 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 concerns me because and, and this will be gender specific, but that's okay. It's our show. Um, like, there are a lot of women who at, will at least feel at risk, if not actually be at risk, if governments are, if if you know, state, local, tribal, or government or organizations are able to use this type of t- technology to track their. This is definitely a activities. risk to all
2: people who may become pregnant. Exactly. Uh, and yeah. i i think that that is uh, that is very serious um the kind of risk that we are seeing right now uh is different uh if you look at the prosecutions of uh, of people who are being prosecuted for their pregnancy outcomes uh, usually uh, it the the people who are being targeted are uh are poor women of color and the uh evidence that is being used against them uh, is um, usually uh, like SMS messages, phone calls, emails, uh, and uh, uh, I think also uh, Facebook Messenger messages, uh, as you can see from the from the recent uh, case in Nebraska, and that's one of the reasons why EFF is pushing really hard for people who run platforms to make sure that all of their communications are end-to-end encrypted by default, mm-hmm. so that when the government shows up with a warrant for the contents of communications, then uh, you know Meta simply does not have them. Uh, and Meta, in addition to owning Facebook, also owns WhatsApp. WhatsApp has two billion users, and every single message on WhatsApp is end-to-end encrypted by default. So it's not like they don't understand how end-to-end encryption by default works. Right. Um, they just haven't made it a, uh, a priority uh, to uh, you know to end-to-end encrypt all of uh, of their messaging options. And Facebook Messenger has really come last. And this woman in Nebraska has really paid the price for it.
0: I, I really think the way you said that, the the platforms need to ensure that there's end-to-end encryption is so critical because we're dealing with uninformed users. I, I have no idea what percentage of Meta's users or anybody, or anybody else's understand end-to-end encryption and even know what it means or, or how to look for it and choose one communication mechanism over another. But if the platform provides it, even an even an uneducated u- user base will have the protections that they need. Like to me, that is the Absolutely. way to do this at scale.
2: Yep, we need uh, we need end to end communications um, on all the time by default for everyone.
0: But doesn't that go against the platform's desires for enhanced marketing data, so that they can use it to better? Better advertise and sell their product and, and increase revenues if they can't see what's happening.
2: There are ways in which this does cut off one potential revenue stream, um, but uh, surveillance capitalism is not the the only possible way of making money while running a tech company. Uh, Steve, I'm and, with you on that one.
0: I'm in yeah. agreement. And
2: if you put your uh, if you put your users at risk. Uh, in, uh, in order to continue selling them things. I, I think that that is really profoundly uh, unethical. I, and furthermore, we can actually see companies having moved towards uh, more encryption, specifically uh, in the uh, in the years following the Snowden revelations, you could see that we essentially encrypted the web. And one of the reasons why we encrypted the web was it turned out that the NSA was spying on nearly all web traffic, including the web traffic of people inside of the United States, the web traffic of Americans, which is something that the NSA is specifically prohibited from doing. Uh, and the companies responded to this by essentially saying no. No, this is uh, this is our data. These are our users. And we're not going to sell them out to the NSA. Um, so there's precedent. Uh, companies have done this before and platforms have done this before. And all I'm asking them to do is to do it again.
0: And what is the response you're getting? I mean, companies are making that decision consciously. I mean, I would say you see it with Apple where they've got a, a structured process that's not perfect, but I think it's pretty good to t- try to protect user data to look at only metadata which has no identifying characteristics down to the individual but big data is big data and i mean you, you, even if you even if you have the best laid plans that doesn't mean somebody can't take that data and correlate it down to an individual or a class of individuals in my experience i don't know your Certainly, thoughts
2: there but there's a there's a difference between using that kind of aggregated data and giving governments and law enforcement access to the contents of people's communications. Uh, and Agreed. that's really where I'm asking for end to end encryption. Um, I am also asking platforms and companies to look at the other forms of data collection that they are doing and to think about how they are going to protect uh, people who are pregnant or who may become pregnant, uh, who may be prosecuted for their pregnancy outcomes. Uh, but that is uh, that is a different question. That is not a problem that can be solved with end-to-end encryption. Uh, having said that, uh, location data is not very strongly protected uh, by U.S. law, and that's one of the reasons why uh, and. Uh, in addition to all of that, uh, location data can give away a lot of very important information about what a person is doing uh, right. vis-a-vis their, uh, their pregnancy outcome. Uh, for example, it is possible to essentially request uh, the uh, location information of, uh, of everyone who has gone to a specific Planned Parenthood clinic, um, and, and that information is for sale. Uh, interestingly, the FTC has, uh, has just sued a data broker for, for making this kind of information available for sale. Uh, so I think we're, we're starting to see some really interesting government pushback, and uh, I'm excited about this.
0: When you say the FTC has sued a data broker, they're trying to stop the discovery and usage of location information to harm people.
2: Uh, yes. Okay. Specifically, they are suing a data broker that was uh, that was selling uh, location data having to do with, you know, sort of health outcomes, trips to Planned Parenthood. Got it. Wow. Got it. Okay, wow. so we,
0: we are seeing the government step up on the side of the individuals here, trying to protect them.
2: Well, it depends on what you mean by the government. <laughs> there are many different government actors that have uh, different – um, different priorities fair right point. now. And so no, we're starting to sort of see in this case, some parts FTC. of the government pitted against other parts of the government.
0: Right. So the FTC in this case, but we may have a state or local government who's soliciting that data from the local provider, whether that's AT&T, Verizon, or whomever to understand where somebody went.
2: Absolutely.
1: So, how can you protect yourself, Eva? I mean, if, if I wanted to like lock it down, is there an app for that where I can, you know, like I want to block any kind of, you know, uh, app that can track me or shut it down? I mean, is is there a way to do that easily or is it something where you would have to really dig into settings and do it app by app? I mean, what? how do we get ahead here if, if well, you're on the...
2: You need to start with what do you mean by locking it down? What information are you trying to protect and who are you trying to protect it from? Uh, Because trying to protect everything from everybody all of the time is a good way to drive yourself crazy. Um, right. I get people asking me, like, do you use social media? Do you use Facebook? Do you you know, post to TikTok, whatever? And often, uh, if they have come to me as a, as a privacy or security expert, they're surprised that I don't live on a mountaintop, uh, having thrown all of my devices into the sea, uh, or <laughs> that I don't live in a state of, of constant paranoia. And I don't. I I have sat down and thought about what information it is that I want to protect. and who I want to protect it from, and how they are likely to try to get that information, and how much trouble I'm willing to go through in order to stop them. Right. Um, There are a couple of things that all of us can do that are sort of just good privacy and security hygiene, uh, the the equivalent of eating your vegetables and washing your hands, uh, that I recommend to everybody. Um, And that's uh, everybody should have a uh, password manager they should make sure that all of their accounts have strong, unique passwords, uh, and they should turn on the highest level of two-factor authentication that they're uh, that they're comfortable Uh-oh. using.
0: Uh oh, we have a an recommendation there, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel, how are we doing? I know we spoke last week about you trying one banking account with multi-factor authentication. Sounds like that's a strong recommendation yet again. How are you doing there?
1: Well, I I did put multi-factor on all my email accounts, and then I I tried it on a shared bank account with my mom. But since I guess it defaults to her number to verify, I had to call her to give me the number, which isn't very secure.
2: (laughs) That's better than nothing. (laughs) Does that account allow you to use uh, an app for multi-factor authentication? Because in that case, I recommend uh, rather than using a phone number, what you should do is uh, use an app like Google Authenticator or Authy. Oh,
1: cool. Okay.
0: Love it. Yep. But regardless, multi-factor authentication is critically important here.
2: Along with
0: unique passwords, which are managed by a password manager, which we're working on.
2: Yes. Uh, And 2FA linked to your phone number, uh, where the second factor is sent over SMS, is the least secure and uh, sort of easiest to foil version of 2FA. Like it's better than nothing, but it's also not great. Uh, So what Mm -hmm. I really recommend that people do is use an authenticator app like Google Authenticator or Authy.
0: Rachel, you on board? Eva, we're solving a uh, problem here. It's been
2: no dozens
0: and dozens of shows where we're trying to get some multi-factor authentication into Rachel's life. She likes the uh, ease of not using it.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's it's inconvenient a lot of times. And and sometimes you just need to get something done very quickly. And I have two phones, you know, and if you have to authenticate on a phone you don't have with you, then you can't do what you need to do. Um, you know, and and I think a lot of people feel that way. <laughs>
2: Well, the good news is there is an app for that. (laughs) I
1: love it. There's an app for everything. (laughs) Okay, so people are using
0: multi-factor authentication. They're using password managers. What else do you strongly recommend?
2: Uh, Take your security updates. Again, much like washing your hands and like eating your vegetables, uh, take your security updates. Uh, most of the sort of exploitation of systems that we see uh, is not the, the result of the, of the dreaded zero days, uh, which are exploited by Pegasus. Usually, uh, exploitation happens uh, because of a vulnerability that is already known to the company, that has already been made public, and that the company has already right. fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't download the fix and apply it to your device, then you don't get to benefit from that fix. Uh, and your device uh, or your application remains vulnerable. And that is a, a really serious problem. So in addition to all of the things that you need to do in order to protect your uh, mm-hmm. your account, you should also be protecting your apps and your devices by taking your security updates.
0: But if somebody put if, – if, if a jealous boyfriend or girlfriend, doesn't matter the gender, installed an application and they had admin access to your device and they installed the application and turned on key logging or they turned on data capturing of some sort, patching and updating will help you in cases where a known vulnerability that that application is exploiting is patched. But you still have the problem where if somebody gave that device, that, that application, the ability to record location data and share it, or the ability to capture data through the application, even if fully patched, you may be, you may have a problem.
2: Yes. Uh, I, dealing with stalkerware is different. <laughs> uh, okay. that is, okay. is a different sort of, uh, of attack, um, uh, and the way that you deal with stalkerware is if you are concerned about your your desktop machine or you're concerned about your Android device, what you should do is you should download uh, an antivirus program uh, and it, you should run it. And uh, because of my work with the security industry and with antivirus companies, uh, it should detect most stalkerware, tell you that it's there, and give you the option of removing it. You may not necessarily want to remove you may not necessarily want to remove the stalkerware because letting your stalker know that you are onto them uh, might lead to some forms of escalation. But at least that is a choice that you have, right. which I think is very important. If you are you worried about your about your iOS device, uh, then things are a little bit different because the uh, the iOS ecosystem is. Um, much more locked down than Android. Uh, now, as, uh, as a hacker and a security professional, I, I like a more open environment because it allows me to do lots of neat stuff. But with great power comes great responsibility. Mm. And Apple has chosen to sort of take the the reverse approach, which is we lock everything down and we keep apps from being able to do things. And that includes uh, being able to run, you know, sort of effective antivirus. Um wow. And it also limits what you can, you know, what you can install on a uh, on a phone. You need to be able to get your app into the App Store, uh, and certainly stalkerware is uh, is against the terms of service of the App Store. That doesn't mean that this stuff doesn't occasionally uh, sneak in, and right. uh, sometimes when it does, I I find it and I have to go call Apple, and <laughs> and we have a chat. Um, but for the most part. Uh, if you are worried about the security of your iOS device against stalkerware, stalkerware is probably not the problem that you're having. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is almost certainly a uh, a person who it has compromised your Apple ID. Uh, and right. if they compromise your Apple ID, then they can pull yes. all kinds of information down off of uh, off of your device without ever getting anywhere near your device. They just log in as you, uh, and mm-hmm. they can essentially just pull down a uh, a. Uh, like a uh, saved copy of your phone on a regular basis. Um, Apple has a guide for, uh, for how to shut down most of the, uh, the most common uh, ways in which this works. Uh, and it is called uh, the Personal Safety User Guide. You can find it over at Apple Support.
0: But really, the first thing that comes to mind as you're saying that is change your Apple ID password. If you think somebody is spying on you, start there.
2: Um, on your iOS yes. device. Yeah. You should, you should change your password. You should also have 2FA en- enabled on, uh, on your Apple device. Uh, and also you should go look through the personal safety guide and you should you know, walk through their, uh, their checklist for uh, the ways in which these, uh, these kinds of devices are most commonly compromised. Okay. So if, if
0: somebody feels that, that they're being spied on in their relationship or really whatever, where would you recommend they go? I mean, stopstalkerware.org is a good first stop. But, like, how do they educate themselves? How do they figure out how to get help?
2: Well, uh, Stop Stalkerware is a good place to start. We have an entire page of resources, uh, including uh, organizations such as the National uh, Network to End uh, Domestic Violence and uh, Operation Safe Escape, uh, which provide uh, really excellent support. Um Additionally, you can go to ssd.eff.org, which is surveillance self-defense, over at the Electronic uh, Frontier Foundation's website, um, where we have all of our privacy and security advice. Uh, which is not specifically about stalking, but you know more broadly uh, about you know the privacy and security of your digital devices, and it has a bunch of different walkthroughs as well as a bunch of articles about sort of how to think about security. Um, but what I recommend for people who are concerned about their uh, about their safety, uh, who have a you know current or former partner or stalker or somebody with physical access to their device, uh, I recommend a couple of different things to them. The first okay. is that they uh, they should take all of the advice that I have already given about, uh, you know, password and account security, that they should change their passwords and that they, you know, should, you know, download AV for all, for like Windows and Android devices and they should walk through the um, uh they should, they should walk through the personal safety user guide for Apple devices. So those are a bunch of things. Uh, the other thing that I would uh, caution people to look for uh, is uh, if you are still parenting children with your abuser. If you have children who are going back and forth and those children have, uh, have digital devices, uh, those are very commonly used as a vector of spying. Great point didn't even think about that. Oh yeah, and physical trackers. So things like tiles and air tags.
1: Right. I've been reading yeah, so a lot AirTags. about those. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right, Tile, air tags. I mean they're they're basically the same thing. I mean, you may argue mm-hmm. one company's security is better than the other. Uh, I'm assuming you're not a fan.
2: Uh, not really into them, no.
0: Yeah. So the benefit doesn't outweigh the the risk.
2: It's it's not up to me. No, no one has called me up and said, hey, should we just stop manufacturing physical trackers? Um, and uh, yeah, so but pe- yes, but physical trackers who- are very commonly used as, uh, for, uh, for stalking and as tools of abuse. And I have been working with the industry to create some best practices uh that will allow people to see whether or not those trackers are, uh, are following them. Uh, mm-hmm. Ideally uh, by default on all phones, so that people don't have to, you know, download the specific app for every type of tracker and run a physical scan uh for every kind of tracker using every kind of app. Uh, every time they think that they might be being followed, which is the kind of situation that we are in now, just kind of a hellscape
0: right. so if if you if you're in a relationship where you think you're being tracked, be aware that air tags, tile devices, and and whatever else may be out there, is a good way that a stalker could use to track your movements. Yes. If you find a random tile in your handbag or in your you know luggage, whatever it may be, recognize that there's some risk there and somebody's probably tracking you and you need to think about that problem set and and look at your device and understand probably probably go get informed here on what else they could be doing because somebody is obviously interested in your movements and activities fair
2: the most common sort of tracking that we see is uh, is tracking someone's car uh, we often find these devices hidden uh, hidden under the bumper uh, or sometimes even inside of the car, like between the cushions and the back seat.
1: Wow. Wow. Um, I do want to talk about one aspect of your work with the Coalition Against Stock Aware. And by the way, congratulations. I think uh, you guys got the J.D. Falk Award last year. um, And you're making such great movement forward in in what seems a a very short amount of time. Uh, But one of the things that struck me, uh, I was talking about a Maryland bill that requires training for law enforcement agencies to recognize cyber stalking and electronic surveillance. And from all the documentaries I've seen, that seems to be where a lot of the prosecution parts fall down because they just don't don't have the means, don't have the know-how, and, and this seems like a very important bill for more states to to bring online.
2: Oh, uh, I am very optimistic about the the power of this training to change the way uh, in which uh, people who are concerned about electronic stalking are treated when they come to law enforcement. Um, because one of the big problems that I see, and I have worked with uh, sort of the people who have been stalked, people in abusive relationships, uh, for many years now, uh, is that they go to the police and they bring them evidence or they bring them their concerns and the police say, well, this, this sounds like a computer crime. A computer crime is very complicated and it needs to go to our computer crimes department, which is, you know, like these six guys and, um, they're very busy, and they have all been told to prioritize cases having to do with uh, with a financial component. And so they just never get around to your stalking case. Um, now, in situations where uh, someone is being followed by an AirTag, it's really easy to just send a subpoena to Apple and find out whose AirTag that is. Right. Um in situations where somebody has found uh, stalkerware that has been installed with, uh, you know, that has been um, detected with uh, with antivirus, uh, it's possible to send a subpoena to the company to find out who you know who is using this stalkerware, who's logging into that portal, whose uh, credit card was used to pay for this. You can find out a lot of information, and you don't need to do forensic analysis in order in order to do that. And so that's the kind of training that I would really like um, all law enforcement to have, uh, because I think it would really improve the uh, experience of people who are coming to law enforcement uh, about these stalking situations, and it would uh, allow them to, you know, better respond instead of just gaslighting the victims.
1: Right. Because it's I read I've been reading more lately, I guess, people who are so frustrated with law enforcement not really being able to help them, they just kind of take matters into their own hands and sometimes in a very dangerous fashion. But, you know, they're like, I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to get, you know, what I need to to get justice here. Um, and it, I mean, it's fascinating stories like watching a movie, but that's very dangerous behavior too. Uh, but if, if you don't have a recourse, what do you do?
2: Well, uh, it depends on who you yeah. are and yeah. who, you're being, who are you being spied on and what yeah. kind of resources you have. So this is this is a thing that really varies from person to person. Absolutely. It's it's a Uh, very good. I I try to really uh, not encourage people to do things that are going to be physically dangerous to them, uh, as well as uh, acknowledge that people have uh, very different uh, situations and also very different appetites for risk. Uh, I am never going to blame a person who is being stalked or abused for not taking action against their abuser um, because that, that is up to them. And uh, it's it's not my job to shame people. It's my job to help them do the thing that they want to do.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Wait, so, yeah. so- for some, it becomes a sense of power, too, to try to take the power back. And, you know, people got to do what they got to do. Sorry, Eric. Go ahead.
0: No, I'm I'm – Last question for me is do you see even do you see this problem getting better or worse in the future? I mean, awareness is increasing, but so is technical capability, technical knowledge of stalkers, right? You started the show with there's a serv- there's services out there for employing this capability. Mm-hmm do we Do we get ahead of it, or does technology take off and and this problem becomes worse and worse in your your expert opinion?
2: Neither. Uh, I, I can tell you exactly the same thing that I have you know that I say about nearly nearly everything in information security, which is that it will get better and it will get worse. Uh, okay. and that it will continue to be a cat and mouse game. Uh, there will always be, a, uh, an appetite for these kinds of, uh, of stocking tools, uh, but we can do a lot to make them less effective. We can do a lot to make them harder to install, we can do a lot to make them easier to detect, uh, and we can do a lot to increase the consequences of being caught using these tools. Um, so there's, uh, there's kind of a lot of pressure on both sides Right, and uh, and we need uh, to to keep pushing on uh, on the side of detection and on the side of consequences, uh, and on the side of privacy and security, um, because otherwise it will absolutely spin out of control. Yeah,
0: right. I- I'm just thinking education and awareness to me seems like the the number one mm. priority here.
2: People absolutely. don't even yeah. know. Yeah,
0: what the art of the possible is.
2: They. They don't always know, and then when they do, they don't understand sort of what the, what the limits of these tools are. Uh, and more importantly, the people who use these tools still think that they're okay, uh, and they think that they are justified. And this is a very common misconception. And so one of the things that we really need to do is uh, to call out this kind of abuse as abuse when we see it every time. Uh, Whether it is, you know, parents secretly spying on their kids or someone secretly spying on their ex or someone spying on their current partner, just tell them that uh, no matter how justified you feel, uh, that this is unethical and also probably illegal and you should stop.
0: I have the visual in my mind. It's it's almost – I'm going to go to the physical world for a second. It's almost like a burglar or a stalker sitting on your living room couch and watching you do everything you do when you go home at night and just sitting there, except they're on your device and they can read not just your thoughts, but what you're, well, really more what you're putting down, but it's, it's almost the physical world equivalent of having your stalker invited in and not invited, but in sitting on your couch and watching your every movement. It is scary.
2: It's incredibly invasive. Yeah. Yeah
0: yeah okay. stop <laughs> happy dot okay. org. There is a ton yes. of good information up there. no matter what you think you know, I learned a ton on that site. Yes Just how to reframe, rethink of the problem. I, I think it's outstanding, and this is a problem that we'll continue to deal with as time goes on. So get inform get informed. yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, Eva, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. You know, mine, I've learned so much, but also my mind's kind of blown because I, I just wasn't thinking about it, right? And in, in these contexts. And um, it's great to know that there are so many resources out there, though, as well uh, to, to educate, inform, um, and, and I can be proactive about how I want to help better protect myself. So and I know our listeners absolutely appreciate that. So thank you so much, and thanks for yeah, the, work doing, not alone. the work that you're doing. Well, yeah, they're not alone. the listeners so are that. not alone. Yeah, absolutely. And and in, in, in wrapping, I think uh, Eric, we've got you know some some big news to share with all of our listeners. So um, for those that have been longtime listeners, Eric was uh, one of the original hosts of the To the Point podcast when it started back in 2017. I think it was Eric.
0: 18.
1: 18, okay. Show one.
0: Show number What show are we at right now? 203, Uh, 204?
1: We're in the 200s now. We just broke the 200s. Yes. So that's a lot of of episodes over the last four-ish years. Um, And I'm really sad to say that Eric is leaving the podcast after today's episode. This was his last episode. And um, just very sad. Sad to see him move on. Do you have any parting words, the best, Eric?
0: It's the best part of my week. Eva, I wouldn't have met you without the show. We wouldn't have had a platform to talk about, you know, this, yeah. you know, the stalkerware challenge. I, you know, I, there's a there's a tremendous amount of learning that comes into my life because of these shows. And I'm really going to miss the show. Um, but Rachel, I'm going to miss you more than anything. It I has know. been an absolute pleasure every week talking to you talking to our our amazing guests and, and speaking yeah. you know so that that people can learn in, you know learn more about the topics we cover
1: absolutely and um, wow so i don't i'm not going to cry i'm not going to cry <laughs> we're going to miss you eric but i do hope that, uh, you will come back as a guest in the not so distant future because we'd love to keep up with what you're doing and and what you're working on. And so I hope you're never a stranger, uh, to the podcast when we reach out.
0: How could I ever turn you down? (laughs) How could I ever turn that laugh down? Anyway, Aww. thank you to all of our listeners, though. It's been a great four years, and, and you're amazing, even though we don't really get to interact directly with you. It's it's very unidirectional, but it's, it's so enjoyable each
1: week. It really is. All right. So to all of our listeners, thanks again for joining us this week, and until next time, be safe. Thanks for joining
0: us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts.